What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I mean, <laughs> what did we just witness in episode five of Ahsoka, Shadow Warrior? I mean, this, I thought last week's episode was like, bam. This week's episode, oh my God. This week's episode was incredible. You understand now why? Dave Filoni wanted to come back to write and direct this particular episode because a lot of his babies were in this particular episode, not just Ahsoka Tano. Some of the Clone War stuff, some of the Rebel stuff, all the stuff that we got here. And by the way, welcome to the Outlaw Nation. Welcome to this instant reaction. I did one last week. You guys said you liked it a lot. You wanted me to come back on and do something live. So I'm doing it again tonight for episode five. And what an episode of Star Wars that we got. I'm telling you, it's incredible. Let me say, as an actor, let me tell you how it works as an actor. When you get a monologue, what you want to do when you get a monologue, and if you watch any of the great monologues on stage or on um, uh, film, you build to the crescendo, right? You build to the payoff. And right now, we are in the middle of the build. We are in the, we got to the first great awesome moment in the speech or in the monologue that we've been leading to right we thought la last week was like the tease of what we were calling and then bang and this is the middle of the monologue right here and now we're going to get into a another semi-rebuilt and then an explosion in the finale and that's what you've got here in the show i saw some people complaining the first few episodes a bit slow of this or that it's not really there's a lot of action she seems really crotchety She's not the soft, cuddly Ahsoka that I loved and I knew. Well, clearly, we were building to something. We were going towards something. And that's what we got here in this episode tonight. A lot of people teased about the Gandalf situation. She certainly was all decked out in the white. She was a much more lighter person. She chose life. She chose the light. She learned the lesson from her master. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but everything in the world between worlds was essentially that cave on, on Dagobah for Ahsoka. She is underwater. She is confronted by Anakin, and they have these fantastic conversations 
about legacy, about generational trauma, about carrying on the legacy of your masters, your parents, your teachers, your elders, whatever you want to say, your older family members, your grandparents, whatever. It is there in the conversation, your older brothers and sisters, it is all there in the conversation between Anakin and Ahsoka and the world between worlds. And it is a fantastic, fantastic exploration. On the other side, I'm going to get to it and I'll break it on down a little bit more. On the other side with Jason and Hera and Carson Teva, first of all, give me a Hera and Carson Teva, Rangers of the New Republic with um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead taking the place of Gina Carano. Won't even miss it. Won't even miss it. Uh, recast that Cara Dune character and bring her back and let's go. Let's fucking go. I love the chemistry between those two in their characters and their interactions with each other. Jason now being a part of the team, learning as he goes along. I got a feeling that they are totally spinning, spinning this off into Rangers of the New Republic, but we shall see. But finding out how deep into the force or how early into the force and sensing the power of the force that Jason has, we have more of that here in this episode as well. And we see Mon Mothma showing up at the end, having the back and forth uh, with uh, Hera and uh, Carson there and stuff with the New Republic. And of course, right at the end, the Pergil, the Pergil. Now, will you guys clarify this for me? Is it Pergil or Pergils, plural? Because I've seen reviewers say Pergils and reviewers from notable websites, by the way, say Pergils and other reviewers from notable websites say Pergil. So what is the official plural of Pergil? Because we got a F-ton of Pergil or Pergils in this episode right at the end that was some of the most glorious uh, Star Wars visions I've ever seen. And it was beautiful. There was so much gorgeousness happening in this episode. Visually, um, shot construction-wise, cinematography-wise, and music-wise. I thought Kevin Kiner's score, even more so in this episode, was brought to the forefront to carry you into all the emotions that you were feeling in this episode. I got to be honest, man. I got emotional in a few moments. I mean, listen, I'm older now. I'm an older Latino. We cry commercials now. This is how it goes. All our tough-ass bluster from our 20s and teens and our 30s and a little bit in our 40s starts to fade as you get older and you become a big old softy. Uh, and that's what I become in some ways. And so when I saw some of these moments between Hera and Jason, between Anakin and Ahsoka, between Ahsoka and the clone troopers, uh, young Ahsoka and the clone troopers, um, and then Ahsoka later with Hera and the true um love that's coming through for sabine um all of that moved me so much tonight i mean even hu yang holding sabine's helmet as Hera came around the corner got me just you uh, this is a droid but there's something about the droid with the head down and david Tennant's wonderful delivery of those lines saying i told them to stay together there's a sadness there's a sense of loss there because, look, he's been around 25,000 years. God knows how many Jedi he's seen die, how many duos that didn't stay together who died separately because they were better as a team. All of that sadness came in those line deliveries, which I thought was fantastic. Um, 
And, and all of that, just the way it was delivered, really gave you the stakes and the weight of the emotion. My God, all right, 200 of you joining me live. Thanks so much for hanging out with me tonight. Um, uh, just real quick before we dive into things, Streamlabs and Super Chats are open. If you want to send some supporters we're talking about uh, and reacting to this episode, and this is not, for those of you who may be thinking, oh, it said reaction. This is not reaction like, you know, I'm watching the episode. This is just instant. Let's talk about it. Let's hang out tonight and have a fun conversation. Last week, you guys were amazing in the chat, uh, and it was really cool to hear your thoughts and your points of views on all of this. Yeah, Jarek S. says, I cried twice in this episode. Yes, Jer- only twice? Only twice? Wait till you watch it again. I feel like you might be crying some more. Uh, sorry about this. Let me get my... There we go. I'm trying to get my uh, green screen a little bit well lit, uh, which will make me whiter, but I guess it, but it'll keep the edges well lit. Donnie Darko, what's up? My guy. What's up, my guy? What's an episode here? 214 joining me right now. Streamlabs and Super Chats are open here as we talk about this stuff. Here is the first one uh, from uh, John uh, Rossi who says, Filoni understands Star Wars 10 out of 10. Absolutely, John. 100% agree with you, brother man. What uh, an episode. He understood the assignment, and I'm sure it was the assignment he gave to himself to get this thing in a right frame of mind and then go from here. Uh, and that was great to see uh, in this episode uh, for sure. Uh, let me put this up because I'm going to pin it in the chat here real quick, and then we'll get into the rest of uh, the stuff that's going on here um, in the uh, in the show and break it on down for you guys for sure. So I'm going to put this, I'm going to pin it in the chat here real quick. Can you tell I'm just kind of uh, getting on top of this on the fly because I'm just still kind of dealing with the feelings about this episode. Uh, so yeah, that's what's going on uh, for me. So, you know, the, you guys have seen it. So the basic premise is essentially Hera showing up with the X-Wing uh, fighters there, the crew with Tarson Tev and his crew there. Uh, trying to figure out what happened on the planet. And I thought maybe Hera, as she was walking around, was going to do a little um, Prince Humperdinck and go through the motions of the fight and sense what happened here. Uh, But she didn't. She was just kind of scanning to see what's up. Carson and them going around the planet, trying to figure out what's going on, going around the water, can't find her. Um, And then we get into, uh, of course, the lessons here between Ahsoka and Anakin, which were really really incredible to see on uh, for me uh, overall emotionally. Um, so let's get into that. W- what did you guys think about how that went about here? We got what I think are three different age ages of Ahsoka. Obviously, initially, the first age, right when she shows up, um, she's there having the conversation with Anakin She's not sure what to think. Anakin is saying things like, you know, I've got more to cheat you. And she's like, I don't think you've got more. What more can you show me? And Anakin is like, oh, snips. Now uh, there's you're never too old to learn something new. And then he gives her the decision to live or die. And they have this awesome lightsaber battle. Well, initially a, a quick lightsaber battle. And then she does get the best of him. As we go back and forth between Setos and, uh, or Setos, as she said, as Hera said it in the thing, and does get the best of him, and then boom, he cuts out um, the platform from underneath her, and she falls, goes back in time, and goes to what I think is the Battle of Teth. Those of you who are uh, much more schooled in the Clone Wars than I am can verify for me if that is Teth. I think that is the Battle of Teth, all the pink smoke and everything like that. 
And that's the first battle where she's like, you know, her hubris gets the best of her and she sees that uh, the costs of her hubris uh, and her youngness in that, uh, in that episode or in the Clone Wars movie and what it costs. And she's dealing with the cost. And she even says to him, what is the cost? Is the cost worth it? Uh, and Anakin is the one that has to kind of school her a little bit, be like, you know, listen, when I was with Kenobi, he was teaching me to be a peace warrior. But now the battle is here. I've got to teach you to be a soldier. You got to be on top of this stuff. I know it's not easy for you, but this is part of the training. And she says, well, like, you know, what is this all about? And then they take off and then they take off and she gets sucked up into the battle there as well. And then later we see her at the siege of Mandalore and there's these conversations with Anakin as well about how dangerous and how scary Anakin is. By the way, the young Ahsoka is played by Ariana Greenblatt. For those of you who may not know who she is, is or didn't recognize her, she is the daughter of America Ferreira in the Barbie movie. That's who that is there as young Ahsoka. And I think they adjusted her voice a little bit to sound like Ashley Eckstein. Maybe some of you can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but it sounded to me like they adjusted her voice. And I love that Anakin is, all our theories went out the window with Anakin, right? It wasn't the brother or the son. Uh, it wasn't a fake Anakin. It wasn't some trick of the mind. She actually had to confront this unresolved issue inside of herself, which is the guilt, the anger, the pain, the fear. Um, uh, yeah, I guess the, the, the beating herself up that she didn't see what Anakin was going to become or left him before he become became this evil. And I love their conversation, as I said, about generational trauma. Is my legacy death and destruction? Is that all I have to teach my Padawan? Right? And Anakin's like, you you want a Padawan teaching? Uh, Padawan? It's not all it's cracked up to be. And she's making it. He says, she's like, why are you joking? He's like, I, I'm just making a joke. Light the mood. What do you want to be serious? He's, she's like, yeah, I would prefer it. He's like, well, I can't win with you. What do you want? What do you, what do you want, Ahsoka? And it's interesting because this is the journey that Ahsoka in the series has been leading to is this interaction with Anakin. Because Ahsoka is one foot in the past, one foot in the future, and not in the present. Not in the present. Certainly she's dealing with things in the present. But she's focused on being afraid of the future threat of Thrawn. And she's caught up in the guilt she felt about the past threat of Anakin. Right? So she's caught in two worlds. So she's not, um, she's not herself. She's unstable. She's in balance. She can still kick ass and fly through space and all that shit, but she's still imbalanced. And so when we see her come to terms with what it is that she needs to come to terms with here in the episode, I think that's incredible. And when we see at the end, when she has the battle with Anakin, to me, that feels like, and I wonder what you all think, and I'm going to read your super chats here in just a second, but I, I wonder if this is the last lesson that Anakin has to teach her the unfinished lesson from Anakin's life, because at the end, Anakin turned to the light before he died. Thanks to the love of his son, Luke, by the way, there's a great Organa reference in here, Senator Organa, but the thanks to Luke, um, believing in him, believing in the good in him, he turned him to the light. Right. And so the battle with Anakin at the end, when he says the second time I gave you a choice, live or die and she says live and she gets the best of anakin when anakin thinks he's, he's got her and she even moves forward to maybe cut him and kill him which is maybe what the old ahsoka might have done because she was trained to be such a warrior 
But she says, no, I choose to live. I choose to go towards the light. I choose to live in the light. I choose to not live in the future fear or live in the fear or live in the pain of the past. I want to go forward. I want to let it go and let things happen to me. Very Buddhist principle. And we know there's a lot of Asian influence in Star Wars. Certainly this series has shown us a lot of the samurai influences and Kurosawa influences and Japanese influences. But that whole, and I, you know, I can't help but think that some of the sound cues for Ahsoka have some Asian influences, some Japanese influences as well. And so I'm sensing that when I'm watching the show. So even Shadow Warrior is a little bit of a, a reference to that. But seeing this um, moment here where she chooses the light and then you see the Ahsoka at the end of the episode, we see the all white here without her, um, her, uh, uh, her little thing on. And then when she walks out, she's wearing the all white uh, shawl. And just like Gandalf, she is now Ahsoka the White. So she is choosing light. She is choosing life. And in that moment when she's talking to Hu Yang, when they go into the Pergil and head on off um, in the hyperspace uh, routes, Hu Yang says, how do you know that they're taking us to Ezra? And she says, I don't. But we're going to see what happens. And she's much more relaxed and chill and open and receptive to everything and going with the flow of the world flow of the earth flow of, well, not earth flow of the galaxy and that was so moving to see that ahsoka letting go of the pain that had been keeping her at a distance from sabine from others she is now a much more open vulnerable and warm and receptive person the ahsoka we remember from the clone wars and rebel series um so i thought that was great to see and Hu Yang, who, of course, is the rigid and will never not be the rigid rules guy, kind of you see him kind of roll his eyes a little bit while she lits, sits back and puts her hands over his head and says, we'll see where we're going, man. But she has a wonderful exchange with Hera at the end, telling her, I'm going to find her. I promise I'm going to find Sabine. I'm going to find Ezra. Um, and man, Hera Syndulla, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, she delivered May the Force Be With You in such a powerful way. It didn't sound cheesy didn't sound put upon, didn't sound forced, and was very earned when she said it. So I thought that was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Um, 295 of you joining me, 300 of you joining me right now. Thanks so much for hanging out with me tonight. Please make sure you hit a like on this video and subscribe to the channel. You know, I'm trying to get to 50,000 subscribers. We crossed 30,100 the other day, getting close to 30,200. Would love for you all to come aboard if you haven't subscribed to the channel. Hit that subscribe button, hit that bell button so you see we're dropping all the content we do here. Let's hit some of your super chats and then I'll swing back over to the rest of the episode. Tim Sim says, uh, Deepest, I have seen into Star Wars themes in tonight's episode with the first half since Ryan Johnson's The Last Jedi. Oh, how about y'all? A beautiful episode that hits my childhood from start to end. Yeah, I agree, Tim, 100%. I'm not sure if I agree with the comparison to The Last Jedi, but certainly um, I do agree with you that it, there was a lot of depth, a lot of emotion. You know, these are the things I love about Star Wars. It's the philosophy. It's the conversations. It's the things that these characters inspire in each other and the conversations they have because of the things that get triggered or chant or opened up or, um, or, or accessed when they're interacting with each other or interacting in certain situations. There are lessons to learn and lessons to relearn over and over and over again because we all get caught up in our lives and in our world. And I love that Star Wars does that in these. You can always go back and watch these episodes. They are timeless and they sit in that area where they never change and you can just watch them 
and remember that lesson. And so that was so great to see tonight a lot of that as well. And Ahsoka rejecting the legacy of her lineage, right? Kenobi, uh, Qui-Gon, uh, or was it, what is it? Uh, Yoda to Qui-Gon to Kenobi to Anakin to Ahsoka. Ahsoka is the one that breaks the chain and will teach her Padawan something more than just death and destruction, something more than just being a soldier or how to fight. Ahsoka has always been unique in that way because remember, she was foisted upon Kenobi. She didn't choose to be with Kenobi. She was foisted upon Kenobi by Yoda. And it wasn't, uh, not Kenobi, sorry. She was foisted upon Anakin and it was not her choice. It, she was foisted upon him. She, or uh, Anakin thought she was going to be with Kenobi. She was with him. So it wasn't his choice. And most of the times with uh, Padawan and Master, the master chooses the Padawan and the Padawan can petition and can lobby for sure. But this was a unique situation. So maybe Yoda in his infinite wisdom saw that Ahsoka could break the pattern uh, of this lineage and go a different direction. So fascinating to see Kenobi Skywalker. Yeah, right. Anakin as well. So those are the two trees there, uh, two branches rather. And so, Yet another one turns to the light. So I thought that was fantastic on so many levels, for sure. Tim, thank you for that. Uh, Matt Hansen says, I loved the Clone War scenes. Having it in live action really nailed to me how messed up that time period was. When watching the animated show, you forget that Ahsoka is just a kid leading troops. I know, you're right. She's a 14-year-old at the beginning of the Clone Wars, in the Clone Wars movie, and then going forward in the Clone Wars series, she is a teenager. This is the connection that her and Hera have. They both got into these battles at young ages. You can even throw Andor in there because Andor got into this battle at a young age as well, or younger. Well, how can I say this? Andor lived through the repercussions of the Empire and then became a rebel later in life, but certainly dealing with the Empire, being upset with the Empire, frustrated with the Empire, that started at a young age for Andor. So that connects uh, in this situation as well. So yeah, 100%. Um, it was so great to see that. And I Laura point, Laura Kelly pointed out, of course, we'll have our review on the Jedi way in a couple of days and the Geek Buddies tomorrow. Um, but Laura pointed out that they she loved that they changed her uh, outfits so that it wasn't the tube top from when she was a youngster, because that's a bad look nowadays. Uh, and do it live action would look real weird uh, on so many levels. So, yes, I agree with you. It was great. It was such a great surprise. And the smoke and everything and seeing her uh, navigating all of that being, uh, you know, kind of like what's happening. It, she was in the moment and out of the moment at the same time, right? Like, wait, what's this all about? What's this going on? And then uh, having to defend herself from all the blasts and fight in there. And then later the siege of Mandalore, right? This and Anakin coming around saying, this is a battle I've never been in. And she's like, no, we had parted ways by this time. And she's, a little older she's much more confident she's got the double lightsabers she's kicking ass so it's a different ahsoka that we see there that is much more grown and experienced than the ahsoka we saw when she first falls there after anakin cuts out the platform from under her at the battle and then she ends up at the battle of teth which i imagine is what that is and so seeing the differences there i thought was fantastic and i agree with you man i'd love to see I mean, I don't think anybody would have a complaint about it. after seeing this, give Filoni a live action Clone Wars or, yeah, to do like these other episodes, these other um, stories to tell live action. I think it'd be awesome to see. The production value here is just off the chain, off the damn chain. 
Thank you, Matt, for that uh, super chat. Appreciate it. Simon Section says, greetings, John. What are your visual predictions of this new galaxy? Do you think it will still have sand, ice, and green forest-looking planets? Well, I think we're slowly moving away from that, aren't we? I mean, Cetos has the red uh, foliage and the trees, the ruins uh, that are different on a cliff. It's kind of different look and vibe to it. So I like that we're getting that in this planet. I think we're going to go and see different environments, different looks, different feelings. Certainly, if you play the video games, there are a lot of different planets. And I'm so looking forward to Star Wars Outlaws and seeing what 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 plan, open world planets we get and the, the look of them and the description of them. So as we get more and more experience, I think we're going to see more and more different kinds of planets. For sure, we might still see the occasional desert planet or ice planet or forest planet and or Hoth, whatever. But I think there or crates. I think there's possibilities to see different types of planets with different environments here. So, um, but I think it's going to be unique. Uh, and don't sleep on a possible Asian influence in the design and look of a planet. I think that's a possibility down the road, or Japanese influence for sure. Uh, Stubby One Kenobi says Anakin embodies the light and dark. The father, good point. Ahsoka, the light, the daughter. Theory Ezra is the dark becoming the sun or it's Maul. Yeah, a lot of people I saw quickly before I jumped on, they were upset. Not upset, but they were like bummed out that we didn't get a Maul appearance because that's who she's fighting at the end of Siege of Mandalore. Uh, in that scene, rather, of Siege of Mandalore is the Maul's people. Uh, and so we didn't get a Maul shot. Um, but maybe they're saving that one. Or maybe they're not ready to put him. Because the last time we saw him live action, I think was Solo. Correct me on that if I'm wrong on that. But I think it was Solo. So... Maybe they want to stay away from that a little bit. And of course, the stuff with Ray Park, which I'm not going to get into, but the stuff with Ray Park, maybe they weren't, you know, uh, too excited about bringing him back because of all that that went down. But yeah, great point, Stubby One. And remember, it was the father who wanted Anakin to become the father in the Mortis uh, trilogy uh, and on the Mortis planet, uh, essentially the holy trinity of Star Wars. They're the, the father, daughter, and son. Um so maybe he does embrace it because we do see him throughout the episode when he's with Ahsoka after they go down in the, to death and then go forward. We, we, first of all, do you guys catch the breathing as she was falling into the Clone Wars? I heard it just real faint, just real faint as she was falling onto Teth. And then when she gets kicked back out from uh, the Clone War, from the Siege of Mandalore out onto the bridge in the world between worlds, we hear the breathing even more prominently but we see him as he walks away from her on Teth becoming Vader, Anakin, Vader, Anakin. And then when they fight and he comes out of uh, the Siege of Mandalore onto the world, onto the platform of the World Between Worlds, you see him become Vader, Vader, uh, Anakin, Vader, Anakin, and like the Red Saber, lightsaber. So clearly um, he might possibly be the light and the dark at the same time, the father. So having the balance there and teaching the light you know, because remember, she was brought back to life by the daughter, sacrificing herself. And so she has the light energy in her. So maybe the light energy was clouded and the father needed to clear away the clouds so that the light energy could come through. And certainly we see that coming through. I almost half expected an owl to show up at some point. So, uh, but we didn't see that. So Cody Parker is saying, following since the greatest ever JC days, miss those, get the crew back. To oh, Jedi Council days. Um, uh, miss the crew, get the crew back together. That'd be fun. Uh, Fabio and Filoni seem to be bridging the gap for the sequels, but do we see Grisk, the big bad, for years to come? I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know. 
that could be interesting if we do see that. So I don't know, but I like the possibility. I mean, I think everything, like you said, they're making the bridges. So I think everything is open now. Everything you can consider everything in this situation. So I'm real curious to see where, what we're going to get, where this is going to go uh, and who is going to be the big bads and how they're going to choose them. And are they going to pick them out and create them all over again? Or are they going to pick out from stuff that's already come through? It's very possible. Uh, Stubby one also says uh, Ahsoka Gandalf, Balon Saruman, Thrawn Sauron. Yeah. Oh, Thrawn. Thrawn Sauron is what you're trying to say. But yeah, that's a possibility. I like those connections. Although we got to be careful with that, right? Because we don't want to feel like Filoni and Fabro are borrowing, or Filoni, not Fabro, Filoni are borrowing or stealing or taking. Because already the space, the Pergil is already very reminiscent for me of, of uh, Star Trek IV, uh, the Voyage. I know it's, I know sacrilege to mention Star Trek on a Star Wars show, but uh, it feels that way to me. So I, I like that they've let the Pergil be their own thing and have their own agency and they're not trying to be saved. They do their own thing. So that's the difference there. Um, but yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to borrow too much because then it starts to become a little bit uh, overwhelming. Uh, Aisha Kenya said, right. Ahsoka wasn't able to tap, fully tap into her light side, the daughter, because she was clouded with guilt. Right. Exactly. And that's actually a lesson for a lot of us. Right. I mean, look, let's break it down. Guilt clouds a lot of our judgment, doesn't it? Guilt clouds a lot of our light from coming through the desire to beat ourselves up over everything doesn't let us live freely in the world. Doesn't let us live freely in our lives because we feel we have to atone or make up for, or can't let go of beating ourselves up over mistakes we've made or decisions that we made or um, uh, bad situations that we found ourselves in and didn't maybe make the right decision because there were a lot of other factors going on. And instead of, instead of forgiving ourselves, learning the lesson from that and moving forward and letting it go, we hold on to it because you let go of your correct decisions so quickly, but your bad decisions you hold on to, right? And so I think there was a lesson here for all of us as we uh, watch this episode uh, and Ahsoka has the guilt moved away from her by Anakin and she can embrace the light and go with the flow and smile and love herself again and be open to be the best realized version of herself. And I think that's a very important lesson for all of us to be learning, including me, for God's sakes. So just throwing it out there. Um, Command Z says, uh, this uh, World Between Worlds sequence is basically like the dark side of the cave and on Dagobah. Yeah, I said that at the beginning of the show. In The Empire Strikes Back, though, the Force, Ahsoka, through the Force, Ahsoka has to look into herself. Yeah, absolutely, Command Z. Said the same thing at the beginning. A lot of similarities there, because what does Anakin say to her? You are everything I am. So in essence, you're a reflection of myself, just as Vader and Luke, when Luke goes into that cave, he sees Vader, knocks the mask off, defeats Vader, and Vader's Luke Skywalker inside the mask. So it's that inside the helmet, rather. So it's that same thing. Like, I am you, you are me, you are all of me, but you must walk your own path. So in a way, if you reanalyze that moment in the, in the cave in Dagobah, that is Luke a tease that Luke is going to discover that inside the helmet of, of Darth Vader is his own flesh and blood, his father, a version of himself. He is a version of his father. And then, and so that is what he confronts and Ahsoka having to do the same. So yeah, great point there. Command Z for sure. Uh, Atlas Kennedy uh, says, why do you think an Anakin never showed up in any of the Disney star Wars movies as a flashback or anything? Well, that's all, you know, Hayden Christensen and, 
Was the public ready to have him back? I mean, a lot of people who are too young to remember Anakin, I mean, Hayden Christensen took a lot of shit. And look, I, I don't think he was the best actor in those movies. And I know a lot of people have kind of tried to reevaluate that. And look, that's your prerogative, it's your opinion, you're right. I personally, as an actor, I don't think he was good in those movies. That's just my opinion. Um, but he took an incredible amount of crap from a lot of people for that. And I think that really damaged him in a lot of ways. And so it took a while for us, as a, for the fandom to change and get older and become the louder voice, the people who love the prequel trilogy, becoming louder as a voice and more powerful as a voice, as a voting block, I guess I would say, in the world of Star Wars fandom. And so I think that's why we didn't see him, because it wasn't the right time. Uh, and now is the right time, which is why we're seeing him more and more in other things and why people are excited to see him more and more in other things for sure. Uh, let's see. Let me, uh, you know what? I'm at 30 minutes. Let me take a quick break. Uh, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more about Jason and Hera and all of that. And uh, I'll be right back uh, right after this. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, there we go. Okay, I don't know why I don't have an overlay of my actual logo. That's so weird. I don't know. Guys, I'm telling you, moving different computers, everything gets lost. Everything gets lost. Uh, so it gets crazy in here. All right, let's see. We had another one that came through. I want to make sure I get to it. Um, yeah, here it goes. Uh, Cole, this is Cole. He says, a longtime follower. Ro oh, longtime follower, Roca. You're the best in the business. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. Love the look on Anakin's face when she chooses life, and he knows she'll make the choice he didn't make. Won't make all of his same mistakes, for example, power, fear, et cetera. Yeah, I said that earlier, Cole, and you're absolutely right. He, it's his final lesson. Remember, Ahsoka walked away from him before he could finish her training. And, and it, throughout those scenes on Clone Wars, he is talking about training. At Initially, when he meets her in the World Between Worlds, in this episode, he says, We've got to continue their training. I didn't finish your training. And so he is essentially, if you go back and rewatch the episode now, that is foreshadowing to what he's going to teach her at the end, which is his final lesson to her, closure to her, to say you've got to choose a life and not live in the past, not live in the guilt. You've got to choose life. Do what I didn't do in my life. I let my life be consumed by fear and guilt, the death of my mom, the death of uh, Padme and the, and I served an emperor and I did terrible things because when I was young, I was full of piss and vinegar and I had all this anger. But as I got older, the anger eventually dissipates and I'm not as strong as I used to be. 
and I'm not as adamant and devoted to this stuff. I've got more perspective on the world, more wisdom. And so when Luke confronts Vader in Empire Strikes Back, he is beginning the process of the redemption of Anakin by talking to him, father this, father that, father this, father that, serving himself up, you know, fighting his father, getting his hand cut off. These are the sacrifices uh, that Luke is making to bring Anakin into the light, right? Luke is willing to do it. And at the end, I'm going to get emotional talking about this because Lord knows I've had my years of anger and I've been very blessed uh, late in life to have people who have helped me move to the light, including the lovely lady outlaw. And it's important because when you're caught up in, because all my anger and pain that I had in my teens and 20s and 30s and a little bit into my 40s even, because um, I'm 35, everybody knows I'm 30, but like a lot, a lot of it was born from the bullying and the uh, abuse, the verbal and emotional abuse that I endured from numerous years in school, sometimes from my father, sometimes from friends, because uh, I was a sensitive kid. And I took that on and I learned to build this, build this wall, especially when I went into the military, when I started lifting weights, I created a wall so that no one could ever fuck with me again. But what I realized is as I got older, that wall was driving people away, hurting people, destroying relationships, both romantic and otherwise. And it wasn't until I went into therapy and had a couple of real, three really great therapists at critical years in my life that helped me walk into the light and understand that it takes more strength, more power, more of your um, inner uh, uh, fortitude to be open and be vulnerable and be emotional and not be ashamed of your emotions. Be okay to tell someone you love them or you like them or compliment them or be there for them, give them a hug, put a hand on their back, all those things. Uh, and it wasn't all, and it wasn't the easiest thing for me. And so learning that I thought was really important. I think we all want to learn that for sure. But I was caught up when I was younger because I had all this energy and piss and vinegar. I was caught up in power and you know, pushing people away and showing the muscles that I have coming out of the military and, you know, doing all, all those things, trying to date everybody, you know, those things that you do to kind of fill the hole without knowing that you have this hole inside of you. Uh, and it isn't until you get older that you realize that hole can consume you like a black hole. And you've got to be careful. And so, yeah, I love that as well, brother. Uh, thank you for bringing that up, Cole. You are the best. And thank you for the very kind words, my man. Honestly, thank you so much. Um, where's Darren? Darren! Darren. You see what these eyes are telling you, brother. I love you. I am always here. My episodes are always here for you. Don't ever forget it. Don't ever forget it. Save them on your phone. Save them on your computer. I'm not going to say more than that because we have a lot of people watching, but just know I love you, man. And I'm proud of you for, fight, for, keeping, keep, for fighting the fight, for staying in the fight. That's what I'm going to say. Okay, I don't want to get too emotional now. I'm going to start crying. I don't want to do that. Uh, let's see. I've got, I am two fly cam. I am two fly cam. Hey, come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. It's okay. It's okay. It was just the Rams. I am two. It's okay. I am two fly cam. 
I told you you're not making the playoffs. I do, but it's okay. It's all right. You know, Gino was great for the one year, but oh my God, is uh, not the reaction you want from a quarterback when he's about to get tackled. Just letting you know. Anyway, I do like Ham says. Uh, maybe it's nostalgia now, but I I just want to see Hayden as Anakin in his own show or movie. Hey, I would love that. I have two fly can. You're absolutely right. I would love to see uh, Hayden Christensen. I really liked his work tonight. I haven't even talked about that. His acting work tonight was fantastic. Was mo- was touching. Was emotional. Was moving. Was uh, no perfect. And look, he's not. He's he's got a little bit of the Keanu Reeves in him, and how he delivers some of the lines. Absolutely, but. Um, that but the way he delivered the lines, you were transported back to um the Clone Wars animated, right? Now remember, Hayden Christensen, Rosario Dawson have actually never been on screen as these characters until last week and tonight. So they have to bring the legacy and the history of these characters from the Clone Wars uh and Rebels a little bit into their performances. And I thought they nailed it. I thought they nailed it. The chemistry he had with Ariana Greenblatt in those flashback episodes or in those flashback scenes to a younger Ahsoka and the chemistry he had with Ahsoka in the world between worlds and other places, I thought was great. So, yeah, I'd be down to see some more with him as Anakin for sure. Absolutely. Uh, and he was so good. So good. Um, and that's uh, Filoni uh, uh, did a wonderful job directing him. Uh, for this as well all right just want to make sure we hit all the stream labs and super chats we did all right so let's move on as we're kind of wrapping oh wait here we go simon says you know it's funny how you mentioned building a wall because i can't get that phil collins song separate lives out of my head oh yeah the um all the against all odds song right separate life him and mary martin i think it was great duet from the 1980s you know you called me from what you called me on the phone from your hotel off of the romance from someone that you met yeah right separate lives the difference the distance the distance we create in our relationships that can damage us where we think we're protecting ourselves but in the end we're, we're damaging ourselves because we're trying to control the outcome if i can control when i'm broken up with or who who's in love with me then i have total control when what ahsoka shows you at the end is that flow going with the flow and knowing that you're going to be okay no matter how it turns out, that's really taking care of yourself. That's really finding your strength to um, have power in your own voice. And I think that's a wonderful thing to see, to be honest with you. And it's not a lot of people can do that. It's a very, very tough thing, especially if people are damaged or more sensitive than other people, which is okay. I'm one of the most sensitive people. And it's you've got to learn how to navigate that and have the tools and find the tools to help you navigate that for sure. Let's see. Is there anything I'm so let's talk about Jason? Like, what do we see the future with Jason as we move on? Because I think we've talked to Ahsoka, and this is just a reaction, right? It's just a conversation. There'll be reviews with Geek Buddies tomorrow, reviews with uh, Jedi Way on Thursday. But what do we think about um, Jason? I mean, he is force sensitive, and maybe a little bit Harrison Dula is because remember, he make he, he makes her stand on the cliff with her. And breathe and listen. That is meditation right there. The breathing and the listening, the breathing and the listening, letting go of all the noise so you can get to what you should be listening to. And that's what meditation helps you do. And him getting her to hear the lightsabers in the crashing of the, of the waves 
I thought that was really cool. Love the moment where Carson, Te- oh, they where Hu Yang is telling Carson Teva uh, that his dad was Kanan Jarrus and was a Jedi. And Carson's like, okay, yeah, okay, all right, fine. Yeah, we'll get up in the air. And so just like, just matter of fact about it all because he's come to terms with it. I thought that was great. I mean, he he's doing such wonderful work. I, I love Carson Teva's character when he's trying to stop Captain Gerard and the New Republic from trying to interfere what's going on with the Pergil. I thought was uh, really cool. But Jason being force sensitive, he is learning from this experience, right? He is, uh, uh, Hera is passing on to him what was passed on to her. There's learning through experience, seeing the world outside of just the world in their home. He is seeing um, Ahsoka communing with the Pergil. He is using his force powers to uh, find out where she is, which is underwater there. And that X-Wing fighter finds her and pulls her out and, you know, she wakes up on the ship. But Jason is connecting that. So do we think they're setting up a Jason series in the future? Will Jason be a part of the Rangers of the New Republic with Hera, with Carson Teva, with others there? Is that what we're looking at possibly with this character? Um, or does he end up a Knights of Ren? A lot of people like think that he's going to be a Knight of Ren that gets killed by Kylo Ren eventually. What do you all think happens with this? uh will ahsoka be jason master will ahsoka be jason jason's master oh that's possibility that's certainly a possibility man that's certainly a possibility i I could see that for sure um uh i mean because sabine i mean i don't think there's going to be a lot of the master apprentice training with sabine for many many years so ahsoka will be ready for a new padawan and certainly jason uh with the force and the connection that ahsoka had with kanan jarris and rebels uh, as a recurring character, uh, Ahsoka in that, there could be a, a, a little bit of respect that's passed on. And certainly Hera would trust her child with Ahsoka uh, for a number of reasons uh, through their connection. So, yeah. Um, but I, I would be real curious to see where we go with Jason as a Force user. Um, another question for you guys. Were you disappointed that we didn't have any Morgan Elsbeth, any Shinhati, any um, uh, Balin Skull, considering, you know, we've got three episodes left now. And this entire episode had none of them in it other than um, Ahsoka uh, channeling in and hearing the conversation between Sabine and Balin and Shin when she uh, rolled back up into the ruins there after she'd been rescued with half of the star map because Sabine had left the memory on the star map. Do we think that there is... Were we sad that we didn't get more uh, anything with them in this episode? Were you guys okay to take a little bit of a break? Uh, Were you fine with that? Yeah, okay. Jason, okay, I see. <laughs> the Loth Wolf says, I like to focus on Ahsoka. Well, Loth Wolf, Loth Wolf, you would, wouldn't you? I mean, come on. Uh, Jonah says, no, I'm glad they focused on Ahsoka. Uh, so does Aisha. No, this episode was about Ahsoka and her character development. 100%, 100%. Um, uh, Valk says dead person could be Ventress and her backstory. Oh yeah, Asajj Ventress. We shall see, we shall see for sure, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's an interesting thing. I want to see if there's. Oh yeah, the music again. I said the love that I. Oh yeah. So let me see if I rem- if I can have moments here. Love the shot here on the cliff of the ruins in the first opening sequences. Great music cue there. I also enjoyed. Let's see. Can or do? Oh yeah. So we get an Organa reference, Senator Organa. So, I mean, is it only going to be a reference? And we're only getting a little bit of Mon Mothma in this 
Senate Oversight Committee. Boy, does that sound fucking familiar if you've been following politics over the last few years. Senate Oversight Committee trying to take power away from someone who's trying to do good things. And I love how Hu Yang said to Hera, like, because um, she was uh, questioning herself and why she took off on this mission or if she was going to get in some trouble. And he said to her, no, the people, people like you because you care. You do things in an unusual way, but people like you because you care. I thought that was a nice moment to give Hera something here because Hera sometimes can be very focused on the mission, both animated and live action. So Hu Yang kind of stopping her for a moment. And I thought Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Winstead acted, had a, did a wonderful job acting that moment. And uh, I really appreciated how she kind of took that in, the compliment from Hu Yang, uh, and then had the back and forth with Mon Mothma. And then we see the Pergil. I thought the Pergil stuff was incredible. Just stunning. I mean, that's the word for it, right? Stunning. In every sense of the word, word just absolutely stunning. And I got to tell you something, to be honest with you. Initially, I didn't like that Space Whales episode for the reasons I mentioned earlier, the it felt to, to me like they were borrowing off Star Trek Four, but um, the more I've had a contact and interact, or the more I've seen the Pergil, both in live action and animated, the more I've come to enjoy them as a as a species, as a, as a piece of Star Wars. They don't use them all the time, which I think is great too. It keeps it fresh and new and interest, interesting. And so when he sh- when they showed up here, essentially, you know, swimming through the sea of the air. Of the sky, I thought was beautiful, just absolutely beautiful and gorgeous, uh, and uh, everything you could have possibly wanted to see in in the Pergo coming through, and all of them. And then went and then when they're going through the New Republic fleet, I thought that was a really cool situation. Seeing Captain Gerard being like, "Let's get let's get on out of here, evasive maneuvers." I thought it worked really well. And then the scene where Ahsoka is communing with the whale. The Pergil, sorry. And essentially, uh, we get the Pinocchio moment of them going inside. Uh, what was the name of the whale? Was it Cosmo? Oh, God. I, I used to know this as a Schmodown question. It came in. Phantasmo or something? I forget what it was called, but it was a big, the name of the whale in Pinocchio. Someone let me know uh, who the name, what the name of the whale is in Pinocchio. But essentially, communing. The visual effects of the teeth. Or those, whatever those bamboo things are that monstro, that's it, monstro. Thank you, Atlas Potato. Um, but seeing the T, I mean, I thought that was incredible, incredible special effects, very believable. Uh, and so you bought into the scenario that they presented here. So I was blown away by all of that. I was blown away by all of that. So, yeah, great stuff to see the furthering. I mean, they did just enough to. You have you connect with Jason and see what's coming. And they did just enough to have you understand where Ahsoka is in her life. And they did just enough to let you know that Hera now has to go back to the New Republic and deal with the consequences in the Oversight Committee. And we're now going off where into another uh, area here to deal. And I think the main characters are now going to be Ahsoka, Hu Yang, uh, Thrawn, Morgan Elsbeth, Ezra, Sabine, uh, and Balin, and Shinhati. So that's going to be a lot of interesting stuff that happens over the next three episodes, episodes with all nine of those characters. Uh, so I'm real, real curious to see what new worlds we're going to see way on out there, what the status of Ezra is, what things we're going to experience as we go into episodes six, seven, and eight. I'm so, so curious. So yeah, I think for sure we're going to get there 
and try to see where he's at. So uh, we shall see uh, for that. And, uh, you know, I, I love that we get this Ahsoka now. Like so many of you were waiting for this Ahsoka. This Ahsoka is here. You can tell she had a lighter edge. She bent down to Jason. She hugged Jason. She was much more um, in tune with the world. Uh, and that was great to see from her. So, yeah, really, really excited about where we're going. Really excited to see more of this of this story. And I think this is going to rival Andor for my favorite Star Wars series. Uh, not movie, but series. Because Andor is my number one. Now, I know The Mandalorian is cool. I know people love um, uh, Season 7 of The Clone Wars. But for the recent Star Wars television... Uh, for me, Andor is still number one, uh, but this is giving it a run for its money because this is the right balance of darker stuff, themes, and lightsaber, mystical, magical Star Wars. It's a right mixture all over the place, uh, and Filoni is just nailing it and knocking it out of the park. So I am so looking forward to seeing what we're going to get in the next three episodes and how that's all going to go down. Um, all right. I, I should, I, is there anything else? Yeah. Zeb. Oh, I don't know if Zeb's going to be, it doesn't feel like Zeb is going to show up in this series, even though we saw him in the Mandalorian season three, I don't know where Zeb would fit at this point because it's, they're going, you know, uh, we saw at the end, the Pergo with that hyperspace, light blue tentacle stuff. They are going to wherever they, hopefully going to where Ezra is, even though Ahsoka's like, cool if they don't, but I think that's where they're going. So I don't know how Zeb would factor into all of this. I think they'd have to work really hard to find a way to weave Zeb into this at this point. Cause look, they, they you know, Hera isn't coming even. So, uh, and Chopper isn't coming by the way. So it's going to be, I'll be curious if they do bring Zeb back, but I, I don't know. It'd be really tough to see how they bring Zeb back uh, to be honest with you. Um, uh, so we shall see. You're right. Yeah, right. Good point there. Hans Cholo Zeb, a uh, great avatar. As I told you last time, Zeb in this world would make it a rebels TV show. Yeah, maybe they don't want to have that happen. Maybe Zeb with Hera. Yeah, that's a possibility. He might show up with Hera, and then there's conversations. I bet the last episode when the and you know it's going to end in a positive way. The last episode, I think they all get reunited, and I don't think they kill Thrawn because Thrawn's going to probably be the big bad in the Filoni movie. But um, when they all get reunited, I think that's where Zeb is going to be. Zeb will be emotional seeing Ezra again, for sure. Right, I know Sabine's gonna get emotional, Harold get emotional, Chopper, but like Zeb, Zeb is gonna be uh, real emotional when he sees you. And you have to have that. You have to have that. So we will see for sure. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me here. Uh, did I miss anybody's Streamlabs or super chats? I'm oh, I have two says, Wow, John, that was a low blow. I'm still recovering from last Sunday. LOL. Greenblatt as young as was remarkable. Love your content, John. Ditto. Thank you for thank you for hanging out on two flank cam and thanks for being okay with a little bit of the ball busting because uh, I know you were adamant that your Seahawks were going to get there, but I don't know. We'll see. It's only one game, but we shall see for sure uh, how's your how your season goes. But again, thank you all so much for joining me here. If you haven't subscribed to the channel, please subscribe to the channel down below. I'm I'm trying to go live more often. That's more my natural habitat, as you guys can tell. I can talk off the cuff, no problem about this stuff. I love interacting with you all. It's not always the best for the algorithm from what I understand, but I, you know, I'm just having fun, man. And I like talking about it. And I really love hearing from you all and your analysis and your thoughts and your breakdowns. You guys offer up some great stuff when I'm ripping through the chat. And sometimes I go back and just like 
certain sections of these live shows, I read your chat messages to kind of get my mind going on some new perspectives and new points of view. So you guys are awesome. Honestly, your analysis, your intelligence, your knowledge of this shit, your nerdy knowledge of this shit is so great to have. And I'm honored and blessed that you all would hang out with me live to talk about this uh, episode and this series, which is really picking up steam and, and is just uh, going next level with how they're bringing to life Star Wars yet again, for God's sake. So it's fantastic in that way. So, all right. Thank you so much. Subscribe, hit that bell button, leave a like. If you're watching this later, leave a comment. Um, and what, oh yeah, and then follow me at the Roca says on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, the Outlaw Nation on Twitch. Tomorrow we'll be dropping our review of Ahsoka, probably at noon for the Geek Buddies. Uh, and then um, uh, the next day will be the Jedi way. So look for their, their our review uh, uh, on Wednesday and on, yeah, Wednesday and Thursday there for you all to consume. Uh, the hot mic will be at 11 a.m. this week. 11 a.m. this week will be the hot mic. Put that in your calendars. We're not doing 4 p.m. because Jeff has a couple of afternoon screenings. So we're going to go live at 11 a.m. on Thursday. And then right after that, I'm going to drop the uh, the Jedi Way review for you all to enjoy here from us. So, uh, all right. But well, there you go. And, of course, the Geek Buddies main show on Friday. You guys are awesome. Take care of yourselves. Be well. Again, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, and uh, if you want to leave a super thanks, there's that button there. I know uh, Sharon Profit and other people, they leave uh, some super thanks uh, as a thank you for doing the show. And if you want to, you can do that there. There's a button down there. You can click and send in some support uh, financially for the channel, for the show. And of course, my Patreon, patreon.com slash John Roca there for you all to pick a tier out and, uh, and uh, help support all we got going on here on the channel. All right. Take care of yourselves. Be well. You guys are awesome. And uh, I will talk to you next week with another brand new live instant reaction to Ahsoka. And until then, y'all be well and peace. Oh, and may the force be with you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.